Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, so this is week one in a message series from the world of baseball. One of the questions I am most often asked uh, from you guys uh, in the lobby, you know, uh, online and email and such, one of the questions that comes to me most often is, where do you people come up with these ideas for messages? And it's a fair question. This is sort of an unusual thing. If you're, if you're you know, used to going to church, uh, it's not normal to have a sermon series based on the world of baseball. But here's the deal. This is our philosophy, and this, if you're new to our church, this will help you figure out whether or not you want to be a part of this crazy outfit. Uh, we actually do really believe here that all truth is God's truth. So if there's something that illustrates biblical truth found in history or, or film or sports or something like that, we leverage that to try to all help us understand God's word and God's intention for us better. So that's kind of what we're about. This message series actually, I started kind of hatching it. Several years ago, I learned of an event that happened. There, there was a, a moment in, in sports history when a major league umpire missed a call, like blew a call in a game, and it cost a pitcher a perfect game. This blown call, cost, it's a big deal. This, this blown call cost a pitcher a perfect game. And the hatred that this umpire received, the, the hate mail, the, the, the shame that was heaped upon him, and the story of how, the story of, of redemption that came from it. I heard this story. We're not actually talking about it today. We're going to get to that in a couple of weeks. But I, I, I was just like, that, there is a message in there that we all need to hear. And since then, we've kind of been, me and the other members of our teaching team, we've been culling stories and picking things up, and that's where we make our beginning. Today, we're going to be talking about hope deferred and the true story of a man named Jimmy Morris. And as we make our beginning, we're going to read, I'm going to read some scripture to you. This is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 13. Once again, uh, the, back to the wisdom literature section of the Bible. This is Proverbs, chapter th 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. So what is hope deferred? To defer is to delay indefinitely. To defer something is to delay indefinitely. So we all understand hope delayed, right? If hope by, ne by necessity, hope by definition speaks of delay. If you hope for something, it means it's not here yet. If you're hoping for something, it's in the future, and what you're hoping for has been delayed, and hopes, hopefully someday it will come to you. That's hope delayed. That's the nature of things. We're used to hope delayed. Hope deferred is when it's delayed to such a point where you don't know if it's ever coming. Let me illustrate. Hope delayed is, oh, we're, we're, we're so sorry that you showed up with your family for vacation to our hotel, uh, and, and we have a room for you. It's just not ready yet. We know it's check-in time, and we know you're here with your bags, and we know you're ready to start your vacation, but our housekeeping staff is running behind, and so we're sorry. You're just going to have to wait. We're going to get the room ready for you, but you're just going to have to hang here for a bit, stay in the lobby, and wait. That is no fun. Nobody likes that. Nobody wants that. But that is a part of life. Things like that happen. Delays happen. Uh, we're sorry. The doctor can't see you right now. We know you had an appointment. By the way, what is it about medical school that causes doctors to totally disregard the nature of the word appointment? Anyway, like sidebar, not really what the sermon is about. Thank you for the mercy clap. That was nice. Um, 
We're sorry, we know you had an appointment for 3 o'clock, but the doctor's running behind. He's going to be, it might be 45 minutes an hour. We're really sorry. There's going to be a delay. We all know how that works. We all understand hope delayed. Hope delayed is when we're hoping for something, we're wanting something, but it's just going to be a while longer, and now we're in the waiting room. Now we're in the lobby. That's hope delayed. Hope deferred is... Gosh, we're really sorry that you've shown up with your family for vacation and you were ready to check into our hotel. And yes, we know you have a reservation number. And yes, we know you called to confirm your reservation. But the hotel is overbooked and we don't know if we're going to have a room for you. And we don't know when we'll know. So just wait there. Now you're like, is it... Is it ever going to happen? Is it, should I be making other arrangements? I don't know what to do. I'm We're sorry. The doctor's been called away uh, on an emergency. And yes, we know that you have an emergency as well and that you're in pain and that you're sick as well. But the doctor has left for the day. Something came up and we don't know when he'll see you. We'll call you in the next day or two to set up another appointment. That's hope deferred. It's when you're waiting for something and you're hoping for something and you, you, you're waiting for it to happen and not only is it delayed, it's delayed to a point where now the delay is indefinite and there's no sign of if, when or if it's ever going to happen. Let me ask you guys a question. When you were little, when you guys were little kids, did you have something you dreamed of being when you grew up? Did you guys have something you wanted to be when you grew up? When I was a little kid, like really little, I can remember an early recollection of wanting to be a cowboy. I know that sounds really dumb. I think of it now, it is pretty dumb. But I remember watching westerns when I was a kid with my dad and I would just think, like, man, it, like those guys are all cool. The cowboys all looked really cool. They just all, I don't know, they kind of talked really cool and they were always like lean and handsome. You ever notice there's no fat cowboys? So there's like one chubby guy, he could be the comic relief. I could have been that guy, right? But like, you know, like I just always, when I was a kid, I just thought those guys were always really cool. And then, but I graduated out of that pretty quick and thought, man, it would be super fun to be a professional athlete, to be a baseball player. And I was never really super athletic. I played a little bit when I was a kid. But whether you're athletic, and this might be true, this more might be the male experience and the female experience, but, but like as a kid, I can remember vividly, even though I was never really serious about, about becoming like a, a great athlete, I think every boy at some point, at least those from my era, like if you've ever played baseball or you've ever played stickball or you've ever played wiffle ball, you go through that thing in your mind where you're like, okay, it's the bottom of the ninth. You know, it's, uh, it's three outs, uh, two outs, I mean, and this is how much I know about sports. It's two, there's two outs, the count is three and two, it's all up to crab, what's he going to do? You know, and you, you pretend you hit the home run and pr pretend to run the bases and go, you know. And you just have this fantasy, like, you just saved the day, you just won the big game, and, 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 and you're famous, and you're, you're, you're a great athlete. That was a fantasy that I had when I was a kid and that many other kids have had as well. Some of you probably have as well. Uh, but whatever particular thing you may have dreamt of being when you were a kid, we all understand that as we age and as we move forward, sometimes that hope is delayed and sometimes it's simply deferred. And sometimes we come to a place, as I have, that I'm never going to play shortstop for the Yankees. You know, uh, you kind of come to a place where you go, okay, that's not the dream anymore. There was a young man who had a similar dream and his name was Jimmy Morris. Jimmy Morris wanted to be a professional athlete. He wanted to play baseball and like most kids, uh, who were serious about it. He played Little League, and then he played JV, and then he played varsity ball, and then he played college ball, and the whole way through, his dream was to play in the major leagues, and he tried out for several major league teams, and it just didn't work out for him. 
Uh, he was good, but he just wasn't good enough. Like, like, the, like the hundreds of thousands of people who came behind him and who had gone before him, he was a really, really good athlete, just not elite enough to make it to the major leagues. The number of people that make it to the bigs, it's just really, really small percentage-wise. But that was his dream. And when he didn't make it to the majors, he went back to teaching. He fell back on his backup plan, and he became a science teacher in West Texas and a baseball coach. He coached the, 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 the varsity team, the high school team, in a small West Texas town. Well, one particular day, the pitcher for this high school baseball team was running late and couldn't throw batting practice, so Coach Morris decided to step up and throw batting practice. And he threw a couple of pitches into his catcher, and his catcher went, how? Dude, how fast are you throwing? He said, I don't know. He kept throwing batting practice, and pretty soon his team gathers around watching him throw, and they're like, Coach, you're throwing really, really fast. So the, the team makes a deal with him. The team makes a deal with their coach, who is now 35 years old, by the way. If we make it to the state championships, if we keep winning, you try out for a major league ball team. If we keep winning, you go to tryouts. And he's like, dude, I'm 35. I'm ancient. If you don't know, like most of the people pitching in, in the major leagues are in their 20s. By the time you get to 30, you're almost a dinosaur. It seems silly, but that's just how it is. 35-year-old men don't join major league ball teams. They play softball. So, sorry, it's how it is. And if this is sounding familiar to you, it's because in 2002, Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Corporation got a hold of this story and turned it into a movie called The Rookie. So what we're going to do now is we're actually we're going we're gonna to show you the trailer for this film just so you kind of get an idea of what happened in the, in, the, in the real life true story of Jimmy Morris. Take a quick look. Don't you just feel good? Don't you just feel good like that? I watch that trailer and I just think, oh, it's so cool. It's awesome. I feel good. I just want to send you home now. Church is over. The Lord bless you. Keep you. Just go right home. Follow your dreams. Go on. If I was Joel Osteen, I'd be dressed a lot nicer than this. And I'd look at the camera and I'd say, with God's help and with a little hard work, you too can achieve all your dreams. I worked on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I did. And if you don't know who Joel Osteen is, he's the pastor of the largest church in the country. He's playing the part that God gave him to play in his amazing story. He's easy to pick on. I don't, I'm not mad at Joel. I'm, I'm, I think it's great. But, but, but yeah, if I was, if I, if, what I might do, what a preacher might be tempted to do in this moment is to just send you home and say, just follow your dreams. And, and here's what Disney doesn't tell you. Jimmy Morris did make it to the bigs. I mean, he signed up, and the Tampa Bay Rays discovered him, and he played for two seasons. And when I say two seasons, here's what I mean. A baseball season is 120 games. He played the tail end of one and the beginning of the next. He played a total of 16 games. And when I say he played a total of 16 games, I mean he appeared in 16 games, and in none of these 16 games did he throw enough to record a win or a loss. And after a few games, a few games at the end of one season and several games into the second season, he was cut. Now, that is still an incredible story. That is still, like, amazing that he got to live out his dream. And that's fantastic. And Jimmy Morris has an amazing story, and he's a motivational speaker now, and he talks about living your dreams. But I bet if Jimmy Morris were here, he would tell you 
For every guy that gets to live his dream out, there's a thousand others who are waiting in the lobby, who are in the waiting room, who are waiting on hope deferred. Heartsick. Because they had their goals set, they had their sights set, and they just wanted it so... Have you ever wanted something that bad? You're just praying and you're hoping, you're just asking God to deliver it for you. And you're just thinking, if I could only make it to that, then I'd be happy. If I could only see that happen, if I could only get to this dream, that fruition. And this is the truth. He had that dream and he lived that dream and now his life looks completely different. Told you when I was a kid I wanted to be a cowboy. When I, when I was a teenager in, in my early 20s, I, I, that shifted and I wanted to be a rock star. I have, shut up. <laughs> I have a, somebody laughed over here, it's not funny. I, I, had a, I, had a, I have a bit of a musical background and I wanted to be a rock star, man. I, and because I was a Christian, I wanted to be a Christian rock star, which is even worse. So I went, I, I, was, I wanted to move to Nashville and like make a go of it and, 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 and be discovered. And, and, and that was the whole deal. And man, I was praying, I was praying hard like, God, please, please, please let this be the path that my life takes. Please let this, use me this way and do this with me. And, 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 and I, I would pray things like, if you, just, if you just give me success in this arena, I'll glorify you with the platform. If you just, if, if you help me to do good in this, and, and, and if I can make it, I'll, glor I'll use it to glorify you. And I remember thinking to myself, wait, isn't there, isn't there a verse in the Bible that says if you ask for anything in Jesus' name, then he'll give it to you? Isn't that a verse? Isn't that a thing? That's a thing, right? It's a thing. Listen to this. It gets taken out of context, but it's a thing. John chapter 14. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now pay attention to these next few words, because this is what everybody ignores. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Ask me for something in my name. So what, what does Jesus want? As, if you're going to ask for something in Jesus' name, it presupposes that you want what Jesus wants. What Jesus is saying is, ask for anything in my name because the Son is going to bring glory to the Father. Look at how Jesus prayed. Not my will, but yours be done. You make a request to God. You say, this is what I want. This is my dream. And by the way, sidebar, if you have a dream, shoot your shot. If you've got a dream, take a shot at it. By all means, you spend the rest of your life regretting it if you don't. If you've got something you're dreaming of, you go. Seriously, take a shot at it. Take a swing. That's great. But you hang your well-being on the accomplishment of an end result. You hang your emotional well-being on the accomplishment of, of some, some dream out there. You are going to spend a lot of time in the waiting room. You're going to spend a lot of time in the lobby. There's going to be a lot of hope deferred. And a lot of heartache that goes with it. Jesus' prayer is always, not my will, but yours be done. So you ask, you pray, and, and, you, and you, you, you ask God for something, and, 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 and you can, maybe you can relate to this. You ever just beg God for something? Please, please, please. And there's just silence, and that hope is deferred. Oh. There's nothing more heartbreaking than that. For me, the only thing that fixed it was time and perspective. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm really, really happy he didn't answer that prayer. 
I'm really happy I don't have that life. I'm really glad I have the life I have now. He didn't answer that prayer because he knew what was coming. I mean, how, how would it be if he just always said yes to all the... Like, how would it be if I got to my late teens and my early 20s and I said... God, please, this is what I want. This is the career I want. This is the life I want. I want to be a professional musician. What if God looked at me and said, oh, I'm sorry, this is really awkward. Ah, I've made arrangements for you to be a cowboy. <laughs> now, you were begging me for that when you were a kid. And I, just, I said, yes, and here's, I've got 40 acres for you and several hundred head of cattle and a horse, and a saddle, and boots, and a hat, and you're a cow- this, is your, this is what I have for you. This is what you prayed for. I mean, you did ask for it. it. God would never do that. No good parent would ever do that. Sometimes what that means now, come on, tune in with me, church. What that means now is that some of you are in the waiting room now. Some of you are in the lobby now. Some of you are in hope-deferred world now. And you're praying, you're asking God for something. And you can't fathom why he would say no. And you're asking in Jesus' name, and you're doing all the right things, and your motives are good, and, 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 and God is simply saying to you, I'm saying no to this thing now because I'm going to say yes to something even better down the road. And you can't see it yet. You're here in the waiting room. You're here in the lobby, and your hope is deferred. And what God was whispering to me when I was in my teens and 20s going, God, if you'll just grant me this prayer, I'll glorify you with it. What God was whispering to me then was, you can glorify me now. You don't need to realize a dream to glorify my name. You don't have to be a rock star or a celebrity or, or realize some far, you know, some, some far away dream to glorify me. Don't live in the land of if only. You know what I mean by that? The land of if only. If only I could do this, then I'd be good. If only I could achieve this dream, then I'd be fine. If only I could make this or become this or, or receive this, then and only then could I, could I then just become the man or woman that God is calling me to be. Then and only then might I find happiness and meaning. You can find happiness and meaning now. You can praise him from the waiting room. You can praise him from the lobby. You can praise him from wherever you are and live the life that God called you to live. You were given a part to play in a vast, amazing story. It just isn't the story of you. It's his story. And we play a part in it. And sometimes the part God calls us to play involves hurt and sometimes the part God calls us to play involves waiting for what he's bringing down the road later in another chapter of life so yeah hope deferred makes the heart sick and we wait and, and, and we're not the only ones right I mean look to the scriptures did did Moses dream of a day when he would have to stand before Pharaoh and lead God's children out of Egypt no Moses wanted to be left alone and live in obscurity did Abraham want the life that God chose for him? Did Mary want to go through scandal after scandal after scandal? You just look, look, when she turned up pregnant and unmarried, all you have to do is, is glance at the biblical narrative to see person after person after person who didn't live out the life they dreamt of but led a life of significance in glory to God right where they were. So look, you got a dream, shoot your shot. 
take a shot at it, that's wonderful. But if you hang all your hopes and all your well-being on what might be and what could be, you will miss the opportunity that God has placed right in front of you right now. Because you have a spot, you have a chance right now, you have a chance this very minute to glorify God with your life and to live satisfied and to live full and to live a life of meaning and purpose now. Don't labor under the impression that you only find meaning and purpose when you realize your dreams. Most people never get to do that, and even when they do, it isn't always what they imagined. I'm so glad God didn't answer any of the prayers that I was praying with such fervency years and years ago. I'm so glad he said no to that stuff so that he could say yes to the stuff that's happening in my life now. And I'm asking for myself and I'm asking for you guys that, that he'll provide faith for all of us to believe that even in the waiting room, even in the lobby, even when hope is deferred, that he is moving in our lives and preparing something even better that will come along soon. My hope for myself, because I'm an impatient person, is just patience enough to wait. And with that, let's close in prayer. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the opportunity to gather here, to connect with you, and to hear from you. Father, we have all experienced hope deferred. We've all been in the lobby. We've all been in the waiting room. We've all wondered what's taking you so long to answer our prayers. Will you whisper to us and nudge us and give us faith to believe that sometimes when you say no in the here and now, it is specifically because you are going to be saying something, saying yes to something even better down the road. Create faith within me to believe that and create faith within all of us to believe that. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give. Or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.